Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. I'm Emilie San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you to a Cisco Champion Unfiltered episode, a Cisco Champion radio spinoff series that gives our champions a platform to have casual conversations on a variety of topics focused on technology, career, and other interesting stuff. Don't forget, if you like our podcast, subscribe wherever you're listening to us to receive alerts on our latest releases. All right, if you're listening to this podcast, my guess is that you are currently working in tech and have your own unique career journey. And if you have kid, if you have children or nieces or nephews, you might now be thinking of ways to get your kids, quote unquote, into the family business. But how do we encourage this natural curiosity in STEM topics? How do we make it fun and exciting to learn? Well, in this episode, we are going to get into all of that. But first, we are going to start with introductions. In alphabetical order, Liam, we're going to start with you. Who are you? What do you do? Hi, good morning, Amy Lee. Thanks for having me. <laughs> good morning. Uh, <laughs> good morning. Uh, my name is Liam Keegan. I'm the Chief Technology Officer for uh, Rio Bravo Systems uh, out of Denver. Uh, so I've been in. I, I've been doing tech since I was a kid, and I now have a 13 year old son and 11 year old daughter who sort of uh, look at old old their old ranty dad when he gets on his soapbox about you need to understand how things work, right? So I am very excited to participate in today's discussion. And then maybe I can play this for my kids where they will not be interested and then I will receive no additional credibility as a parent. So thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. All right, Ryan, tell us about yourself. Hi there. Uh, my name is Ryan Harris, network engineer with uh, Blue Ally. And uh, I have a 20 month old daughter and been trying to get her into IT and things like that and just interested and in, you know in the future obviously she's got a long way to go before them but all right I think I think we all have kids we want to get into into technology Tim who are you tell us about your children <laughs> really good to see you again everyone I am Tim Bertino I'm a principal architect in the healthcare space and also co-host of the art of network engineering podcast uh, my wife and I have kids ranging in age from four to 10. And I, I think the big thing that we try to do is to just show, introduce what possibilities are out there and and try to see what interests them. Because it, at the end of the day, I think kids need to be intrinsically excited about something to to want to be able to go further. So that's one of the strategies that we have. All right. Zoe, last but definitely not least, who are you? And what made you think of today's topic? Potentially I'm the shortest, so maybe least in size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello. Uh, my name is Zoe. I currently am a very long title, but summarizes into a security advisor team lead within Canon EMEA. Uh, so I'm across the pond from most of you. Um, and uh, I, I'm i a mum of soon to be two, uh, currently one, but soon to be two. And um, the thought of this topic was um, my daughter, my current one daughter, um, is very intelligent and she's very curious. And I remember being when I was younger, being curious about everything and always asking why, why is this, why is that? To the utmost horror of most people, they got very annoyed with me. Um, and so I want 
for my children, I want to build an environment where they're safe to ask questions and um, they can explore their curiosities um, in a way that they're encouraged. And STEM is kind of a typical topic that uh, wasn't encouraged to me when I was younger. So I'm hoping that I can encourage it as well. If they go in that direction, awesome. If they don't, that's also okay. But uh, yeah, that was my goal. All right, and 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 just to add, um, my oldest is two hundred and seventy six months old, <laughs> <laughs> and my youngest, my youngest is ninety six months old. So, uh, and she's my eight year old, and she definitely has a curiosity for for STEM topics, and I I definitely want to encourage her to to build on that. So I'm hoping to learn something today. Um, where should we start? Well, I I think this is a really fantastic topic from Zoe. And I want to start with something that she brought up. And as with this case, with um, compared to any, especially dealing with kids, we need to understand uh, the why. And not just because we're dealing with kids and the answer to um, everything we say from a child is why multiple, multiple times, like Zoe said, but it, it goes back to what where motivations lie. And I'm, I'm going through this really good book right now uh, called Drive, and it, it compares and contrasts, mainly contrasts the difference between intrinsic and external motivations. And the intrinsic is really what, what kids really seem to be born with and wanting to, always trying to figure out, if you watch a, a young kid, they're always looking at something or trying to understand something. And it's the idea is to try to cultivate that and make sure that as they get older, they don't lose sight of that and just look at, you know, external like rewards or punishments to, to motivate. We really want to cultivate the, the thought of trying to find what interests them. And I think a strategy there is introducing them to certain things at a young age just to see things like different technology topics to see if it interests them, like Zoe said, and uh, where then to take it from there. We just, you know, with anything, you want to make sure you're you're doing things safely and with what makes the most sense. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that's so good now is e even, in, even in the kids like public school that they're going to, it's like that digital safety is is taught and, and not just like as a side, you know, sort of a side comment, but like, you know, my, my kids come home saying, we don't use more than one, you know, a password on more than one website. We don't ever give out our personal information. We don't click on links. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, just sort of digital hygiene 101. And I think that that's so cool that the, the I mean, it's, it's just taught now because it needs to be. It's so ubiquitous, right? And, and, and to have the kids, you know, have that perspective. You know, it's it's interesting. As as I said, my kids are a little bit older. You know, thirteen and eleven. And my thirteen year old, I'm like, hey, you know, maybe we can teach you some of this. And he's kind of like, meh, <laughs> like not really <laughs> that that into it. But the thing that was like, where like you saw the light bulb come on and the hamster started going on the wheel was when he was like, Dad, you know, if 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 I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was like, if I, if I do this on the internet, will they come and hack my computer? And I'm like. Son, that's not a thing. Let's talk about how this actually works. And he's like, wait a minute. What's good? You know, I'm like, we can we can actually do this. And he's like, oh, and like the like, like the, the lights came on. And it's it's like, that's the kind of 
you know, like, hey, you got to peek behind the curtain. But the, the, the problem is, right, or not the problem, the, the, the challenge is, like, you need so much knowledge to be able to do that. Like, how do you, like, what's step one, right? Like, how do you, what do you, what do, you do for the first thing, you know, to get them, like, hooked? Yeah, well, and lucky for your child, he has a dad that's in technology. Um, and so you could probably explain a lot of things to him. But for folks like myself who are not, yeah like how do how do we what are some things that we can do for our from our kids that that would encourage that natural curiosity like there has to be games toys programs things like that should we get into that topic or well first we start with a bunch of tubes <laughs> okay <laughs> that sounds cost effective i like it there any i also have ferrets so i'm gonna Put the ferrets through the tunnels and say, well, these are packets. <laughs> oh my gosh. You actually, maybe you should start a YouTube channel, Zoe. <laughs> no, this would be a nightmare. <laughs> I, would, I would teach them all the wrong things. Um, no, <laughs> no, I was thinking like from my, my daughter's a toddler. So I've got a, I've got a couple years before I can really do a lot more because there's all, obviously there's things out there like, um, you know, there's, uh, um, uh, I can't remember the term. You probably know the the solution, but lots of you probably know it. But like um, uh, coding for like kids. Um, what what which language was it? Oh, Scratch. Yes, Scratch. So obviously yep. there's that, but my daughter is too young to do that. Yep. So I was thinking like there's books out there that talks about the basics of science, the basics of um, you know how uh, things connect, so like technology of like. Um, I'm trying to remember the term and it's, I'm not good at that. I've got a pregnant, pregnancy brain, so. Yes, and it is real. I can attest to that. So you're good, Zoe. Let me start again. Um, so obviously my daughter is not quite at the age where um, I can start her on programming. I'm not going to hand her a Raspberry Pi and be like, have at it, because it will probably be covered in paint or Play-Doh or something that I don't want to know. Um, and so um, I was thinking, looking at books out there and books that talk about um, different, uh, different science topics, different technology topics. Uh, there was one book I saw that you actually talk about circuits and you press the button and it, you know, it talks about that. And I thought that was really- babies. Yeah, yeah. So it's really, really cool. Um, and she loves books. So I'm already taking something she loves and adding something I have interest in. And maybe I'll learn something because, you know, you can always learn. Um, and uh, and that was kind of the approach that I've been taking lately. But for people that are a little bit older, I would love to hear what you've done as well. I think I always like to start with fundamentals. And I really love the idea you brought up about books because books, that's something that that's been around forever and it really seems to spark creativity in kids so i love the thought about starting with books and back to fundamentals um you brought up different technology topics as well as is just science in general um especially with kids uh, we we talk about it as we're learning networking the the different layers of the osi model and in Oftentimes you start at the physical layer. I think with kids getting something in their hands that they can play with and, and learn is, is really cool. One thing that we've introduced a, a few years ago was uh, the concept they're called, uh, I think there's different manufacturers out there for them, but they're called snap circuits. And it's just a, what looks like a, a plastic 
circuit board with uh, button clips and things like that. And you can mimic different wire connections and fans and, and it helps really drive the point home of, of the basics of how electricity works and how electronics can, can work together. That's, that's something that we've introduced. And one thing I, I wanted to jump into is to tie back to something that Liam said at the beginning, um, when we're talking about, uh, how to introduce these things in a safe way. You know, when we were always growing up, you mentioned the, the links thing, Liam, when we were always growing up, it, it was things like don't talk to strangers, right? Now it's, it's kind of come full circle into the, the digital realm. And now it's don't click on links from strangers. I think that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I, we, when we've kind of introduced technology topics and science topics, it's really started at that, that physical layer to be able to show them hands-on similar to how, when we give advice to people that are trying to get into technology, it's always lab, 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 right? So how, how you ever, you can get people into really reading topics and understanding things and then applying them practically any way that you can. But I think that the comment you made about doing it safely is really important because um, when I do awareness training for non-technical people, I also build labs that they can um, play around with and not break things or not end up, you know, clicking on things that they, uh, it wasn't part of the test and they've <laughs> tested our systems as well, uh, you know, so, so that was important, but also the bit about, um, you know, don't click on links from strangers. Also, even taking it a step back when they're very young, I, I, um, a couple of years ago wanted to teach, uh, like kids around six ish, um, or that age group, like early, early school, uh, about what the internet is. And so I was trying to refer to something they would understand. So for example, on a bookshelf, you've got lots of books. Uh, the authors can be right next to each other. Like the books can be right next to each other, uh, two different authors. And those authors could be from, you know, opposite ends of the world. Right. But they're right next to each other. So when you're on the internet, you could have somebody talking right to you, but they could be on the opposite side of the world or a completely different person than you think. So it's also kind of putting the context of it's not always what it looks like as well, but in a, a way that's kind of simplified um, and puts the context of what they're, they've already seen before. They know what a library is because they have libraries at school. You know, one of the things that, that Tim mentioned earlier was the the snap circuits, right? Which are the, the the circuit boards that you can put together. And there's a book, basically like paint paint by numbers, almost for for the, the this little mini STEM project. And you know, probably when my son was maybe seven or eight, we gave he he had some snap circuits. And then we also like one of the things that I did was I took a Raspberry Pi and I'm like, hey man, let's let's you know build this, right? Let's put it put it all together and hook everything up and give you your own little computer, right? And I would say that the snap circuits got 10x the amount of attention compared to the raspberry pi because it was the snap circuits were like it was tactile and visual and physical like you could hook the battery up to the fan via a switch and you turn the switch on it and like he could totally get it where the raspberry pi was like well that's cool but like okay it's got a light on it and i think <laughs> that like the younger that the kids are like the more that you can like in your face show like simple results Right, the better, and and like like you won't see it on the recording, but like my son built that. You know, that's a Lego Technics at probably age eight, and you know one of the uh, um, you know one of the wood models. Like it's very tactile. Like he really enjoys like being able to see and follow the instructions and do it. 
And now when he builds Legos, he's like, all right, let me take the Lego and I'm going to modify it. Like he, he built one that he got for his birthday and put four wheel drive on a car. It's like, okay, that's pretty cool. Like, I don't think I could do that. So I think the, the, the younger they are, like the more, the more like tactile it can be, like the better off. Uh, to that same point, I think there's like some Arduino projects out there that are just project kits that you kind of put together and um, it's got all the pieces and you can choose like robots or little boxes that kind of have buttons and lights and whatever. It does all sorts of different things, but um, sort of to that same point, it kind of bridges that gap between um, the the visceral, I get to do something, build something, and then make it do something in a computer type thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that hands-on and visual is really important for kids. I mean, to be fair, that's important for me too. If I can do that, I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> too. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, another another thing I was going to say is, uh, which um, sorry, another thing I was going to say, which Tim brought up in his introduction was that intrinsic motivation. So, almost removing the work and the work side and encouraging them curiosity. Because as you mentioned, kids are naturally curious. I was naturally curious. Uh, that's probably why I ended up where I am in security. Um, I like breaking things. Um, so I, I'm curious from your everyone else's perspective as well is how to encourage these sort of uh, investigations, learning without making it feel like a chore. Uh, because obviously the worst thing you could do is make it a job. And, 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 and for us, when, like, like we're not really a TikTok family, but my daughter, like you put her on YouTube shorts and it's like, you can just see the brain activity cease. Yeah. And so it's like, how do you, how do you like, look, you know, offer that, that opportunity. And by the way, I don't have any answers. So if you guys can help me, that'd be great. <laughs> I will take any and all advice. <laughs> But, but seriously, it's it's like it's like you you have to like find the 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 place to channel the energy because then you wind up in like sort of the TikTok shorts dopamine you know mainline where it's just like oh you've used tech for an hour and you're dumber. It's like <laughs> please let's do something cool. Yeah, I think that's where it's important to try to help kids find that level of flow where they're doing something that's that's really intriguing to them, but it's not just like you said, Liam, sitting and, and watching video after video. And Zoe, you brought up a good point about trying to make it to where, because once it becomes like it feels like work, they're going to be less interested, right? So I, I think ways of doing that that seems to be becoming more and more popular is gamification or to gamify things, make things feel like uh, they're playing a game, but also learning something. And, and that's where I think things like the snap circuits and and I'd be interested to hear, uh, Ryan, I think you've got a lot of ideas uh, that, that you've brought up in the chat yeah. preparing for this about games, uh, ways that like the snap circuits, they, they get kind of guided demos on if you build this this way, you should be able to get the, fa- the fan to spin in one way or another or get the fan to, to jump off the board. And it kind of gives them a goal that, that seems fun to them but they're also learning something uh, in the process. So Ryan, what are some of the other things that you've come across that that are similar to that as far as teaching through games? Sure. And so there's there's a bunch of games out there. And this is, I, you know, I just have like a couple, but um, if you've ever seen Factorio, it's 
um it's a game you're building a factory you have like a conveyor belt and you've got robots that come and pick things off the conveyor belt and do something that goes through a machine and then gets back, put spit back on a conveyor belt right um which sounds kind of like okay what does that have to do with this but you know to me that's just programming it's you know if you think about programming a lot of cases it's you you know you're gonna put something in kind of a little pipeline and and make a change to it and then send it over to something else and then right so these little these functions that we use in programming right are fundamentally if you think about it just like that logic of the same thing of okay we've got a game that this machine does function x and then it goes to this uh, this next machine right it fundamentally changes the product and, and sends it over so factorio is kind of like this really fun there's a lot of other games that are kind of in a similar vein um but you know to me that's a something you can kind of give to a kid and say like hey this game is fun and they're not really going to think about it but they're going to they're going to go okay well i need to create a loop in this little conveyor belt to to send this thing around well that's a for loop okay right <laughs> you know you just taught them programming and they didn't realize it um, which is same thing even with Minecraft education, right? I mean, you can just Google Minecraft education, go download it. And it's, I mean, there's no charge to it. And there's a bunch of tutorials in terms of, you know, building those logic blocks in something that pretty much every single kid knows, you know, you're not, you know, you're, 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 you're working on, you know, a logic gate versus, you know, killing, killing the Enderman, but, but it's, it's, it's still, you're in an ecosystem where it's like, kids are like, Oh, Hey, I know that. Hey, I can. I can do that. So th those like little things. It's like I think that's genius. Yeah, and then there was another game I wanted to bring up because I just think it's it it looks cool. I haven't had a chance to try it out, but um, it's called Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. So I really recommend you look at it. The idea is that you've got uh, you've got a screen that's got a bomb on it, right? And it, this is your your typical movie bomb that's got um, screens and switches and wires and and everything. <laughs> And then you have the people that are that can't see the bomb, right? These are the people over the phone or over the radio that are sitting there with the manual for the bomb, right? Um, so what I see in that is that you give it either give them the manual or give them the bomb. Maybe the bomb's a little bit easier depending on their age, but um, what it forces them to do is is assess what they're looking at and put it into words, right? Like follow directions and like just. Um, it, you know, I feel like that's a skill that's very hard to to do is to describe what you're looking at in a lot of cases. And it seems like that would be a great uh, thing to do. And at the same time, it's a bomb. Who, well, you know, like what kid doesn't want to defuse a bomb? <laughs> it's the coolest action thing you could possibly do. I want to defuse a bomb. That sounds great. <laughs> I think I'm, it might be one of those situations where I enjoy it more than the child. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I also did is uh, when I was in school, um, I was at a science and technology school uh, back, I think I was, how old was I? I don't know. I think I was early teens because uh, it was very young. Uh, and uh, one of the one of the classes I had was a technology class and we got to create circuit boards in the class. So we, you know, colored in where we want the circuits and then we put it in the acid and we took it out and, and that was really cool. And then we had the uh what part of the task was um which may not be feasible at home i don't know depends on what people's setup is and then we had uh boxes that we put on our head and it had lights like four lights in it and our partner had to get us to go around a um an obstacle course based on 
the lights. So they had to direct us with the lights based on the, the setup that we had created. And I just remember thinking it was the coolest thing I have ever done. Uh, and then the next year I got, I had to create a, uh, a product that I had to sell. So I had to do the marketing stuff as well. Um, and a very, very awful commercial. Oh gosh, it was so bad. But, um, <laughs> but the product was I had to create, uh, a way that kids could read at night without their parents knowing. So I created a teddy bear that had um, uh, batteries in it and its eyes glowed. And, you know, I could only use scraps, so I didn't have any wires or circuits or anything. So I had to use tin foil that I wrapped in tape and, you know, and it was just, it was this cool, cool, like, you, you're bringing your, I guess your um, imagination to life, essentially. My teddy bear, teddy bear was blue and it had an afro out of um uh you know those uh recorder tape record tape yeah, yeah. I, I think younger generations yeah. won't know what that is but the actual <laughs> tape from yeah yeah and uh, i made an afro so you press the afro and size light up and it was like my most memorable memory of um of school because i was able to you know do something very hands-on uh and I got to figure out how it worked internally as well as um, actually had an end product. So I think as they get older, uh, the, the in the beginning, I think it's you're 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 playing with concepts. You know, you're you're understanding concepts of how things connect. You're understanding or trying to understand the logic of programming. But as you get older, you're actually producing something, um, or at least that's how I kind of have visualized it. Um, but um, uh, yeah, so you're producing like, you know, how you have um, a breadboard or you have, um, like you said, a, a Arduino, Arduino uh, project. So you have Lego or you have um, whatever you have. Um, and then and then you actually create something or you, you know, you you actually are programming. So you're actually creating a program that does some sort of logic in the background. So I think that's kind of how I viewed it. But I'm curious on other people um, what you think and how you think the best way to approach it from the young to medium to a bit older age, mm. medium age. <laughs> I, I, I do think it's important, like you mentioned, to make sure that we do our best to try to tailor to what their interests are. And that's mm -hmm. where I think things like the we, we've brought it up before the platform called Scratch, the uh, free platform from MIT, that the possibilities are, are really endless with a platform like that in that you can work on uh, really basic coding projects. Kids can either create their own games or their own stories or, or pretend that it's a movie and they can drag in different characters and and you can really tailor it, I think, as as you grow, because you mentioned it, Zoe, they're not always going to be interested in the same thing or kids, you know, naturally, I'm not sure why or how, but they grow up, right? And their their interests evolve and their maturity evolves too. And trying to figure out what makes the most sense uh, to present to them. And I think that's where we need to be as observant as we can is is parents and it's funny for me to say that because my my wife will probably tell you that i'm the least observant person in the history of everyone all time but i i think it's it's important for us to keep an eye on our kids not just you know from a safety perspective but 
what they're interested in so we can make sure that we're doing our job as parents to to show them or introduce things to them that uh, that really piques that interest and and keeps that intrinsic motivation around for as long as possible. Yeah, definitely. Um, one other thing that I'm, you know, Zoe's mentioning stuff from her from her childhood, but like, um, you know, one thing that got me into I was really into kind of engineering and stuff like that was just taking things apart. Um, and I'm sure I took apart way too many things that my parents didn't want me to. But also, you know, occasionally they would encourage me and say, here you go, here's this, you know, or like a toy that I hadn't touched in, you know, five years. I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'm going to take a screwdriver and pull this thing apart, right? Like, um, I've talked to a lot of people that had that same experience. They would just like take apart their their stuff, uh, you know, not always for the, the betterment of whatever it was, but um, just understanding from a kind of a physical point of view, like how does how does this work? How does the motor connect into this other gear and do whatever, right? So um, encourage that, maybe uh, focus that encouragement towards things that you don't care about and don't use on a daily basis. But <laughs> so that's a fantastic, that's, that's a fantastic point, Ryan, in that, you know, we talked earlier about how kids always ask us questions. Why this? Why that? I think that's a good thing to do to kind of flip the script back on them. If they're just going through day to day, playing with different toys, reading different books, I think that's one way that we can get engaged too as parents is they may not think about things. They may just be using something and something good to, to be would be to start asking them questions. Well, I, I see you're, you're playing with that toy. How do you think that works? How do you think it, it does what it does? uh and and just see what they say and in, in kind of a guided learning lesson yeah well i do that right now with like my daughter has these two bath toys she loves them um it's a little whale that shoots water out of its top and then another one is like a mini shower um and she's got the namcha so it's a little uh, it's a little sub with a little bunny in it and it yeah anyway whatever doesn't matter either way <laughs> either way is i show her uh, when I change the batteries, uh, because I explained to her that, um, you know, how it does it is it's powered by, I mean, I, I, she's very young, so she probably doesn't really understand what I'm saying, but I try to show her exactly what I'm doing. And, you know, these are the things that um, allows it to uh, work for you, because without this, it doesn't work. Um, but I also, on the flip side, I also say, if you ever see batteries lying around, you have to tell mommy right away, because I obviously don't want her putting a battery in her mouth. So, you know, I teach her what's there, but then I also teach her, but these, you know, we have to be very careful because um, they have power and they can hurt us, you know? So I teach her both sides. Um, and so sometimes she'll ask me, um, uh, oh, is the battery dead? And she'll like point at a toy, be like, is the battery dead? Cause it's not working. Um, and I always think that's so brilliant because she's so young. Um, and sometimes it actually is the case. <laughs> I, I think that like back to Amy Lee's sort of point, one of the, one of the first questions that Amy Lee asked was like, well, you know, we're all in tech, but Amy Lee is not right. And as a parent, it's like, how do you start? How do you like, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, maybe I think like, like, especially when your kids are little, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with sitting down with them and doing that, you know, going and buying a snap circuits or going to a toy store and saying, Hey, what are the popular STEM? type toys or, or, you know, 
engineering focused toys and sitting down and working with them, you know, sitting down and putting together a Lego set. It doesn't actually matter what, like, whether you like, you know, Harry Potter, Barbie, or, you know, cart, like, it doesn't matter. Like the, the, the act of actually putting it together is, is way more important. And then, you know, so, so, the, you know, the, the barrier for that is just more your time and participation, doing it with them and, you know, family activity. And then as they get over or get older, the, the schools have, you know, between schools and clubs, you know, any type of like maker fairs, any type of STEM clubs. Like, once again, I mean, if you don't know, if you don't come from that and you want that for your child, probably the best way to do it is to sort of like make yourself familiar about it, right? And get involved in, you know, is there a robotics club? Is there a, you know, insert, you know, computer club, anything that like, hey, I'm willing to to spend some time doing that or you know, be a parent liaison or, or whatever. Right. And, and as it gets older, I mean, the nice thing is, is like what, what, what the, what a, what a high school is teaching, you know, or is offering in that space is not the same as what a, what an elementary school you know, is. So it, it kind of like, if you can just kind of get plugged into the community a little bit, I, I think you can, you can achieve some results that are just more than figuring it out yourself. I mean, it's such a friendly community. That's the other cool thing about this. I mean, if somebody came to, I, I just know if anybody came to any one of us and was like, hey, I want to learn this. We're like, oh, please, please. How can I help? Like, it's such a fun, it's such a fun uh, thing to teach people. Well, yeah, yeah um, it's, it's more, we're just excited for somebody to listen to us. That's exactly. <laughs> Old ranty. I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to tell my daughter, you're, you're going to uh, go spend some time with Auntie Zoe and Uncle Liam and Uncle Ryan and Uncle Tim, and they're going to teach you about technology. <laughs> no problem. Send her back smarter. So Liam, I'll, I'll say in, in middle school, I actually did, um, it's called a, it's part of the first program, first robotics, if you're familiar with that, which is more high school, but um, they have a kind of a, an intro. It's Lego league, um, which is kind oh, of the same cool. idea. If you're familiar where you take Lego, I think the techniques, um, there's like a motor and you can actually program it. Right. And um, so I hope they cool. still do this. I'm not entirely sure. I need to go look it up, but, um, and then there's, you know, regional competitions you go in and uh, there's a course laid out and your robot has to go do, you know, five or six tasks or whatever it is. Um, so it, it's really easy. It's like kind of meant for middle school. And then when you graduate into high school, they they have the first robotics league, which is, that's like the big deal. And I think it's similar to, is that Zoe, was that kind of what you're describing? Have you ever? You've never done that, but okay. maybe it's in a similar strand. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. So yeah. First is like this, you know, these high school kids, they have to make a team. So they have to get sponsorship. Like they it's it's almost like running a business right they have to get sponsorships and they have uh i think cisco um supports a number of these first robotics teams um local colleges as well and then um they build a a, a robot that is you know several hundred pounds probably three four hundred pounds um and then they go to these competitions they program it all themselves and and do it and then um they these competitions where they're you know, shooting a basketball into a net um, or, uh, you know, the robot has to jump up and hang on a bar, for example, right? It's some stuff I've seen in the past where, um, and they change it every year. So like the tasks are, are specific to that year. So, but we're talking about a, a real giant robot that, that high school kids are building and doing themselves, like manufacturing it themselves. So that's the kind of that bridge of, IT into the real world type stuff that that kids are able to learn. 
And it gives that sense of accomplishment too, which I think is really cool. Uh, back to parent involvement, Liam, you just brought up what Amy Lee talked about at the beginning. And I don't, I agree with you. I don't think that parents have to be uh, in a, a technical capacity or have technical capacities to be able to introduce some of this to their kids. I think they, at the end of the day, they just, we need to have open minds as parents because there are things out there, programs out there, books that are out there that can help us. We had gotten over the years, a couple of uh, books that were on STEM projects for kids. So not just technology, but science and things like that too. And I'll tell you most of the stuff that's in there, it, it's for kids, but a lot of the, the projects in there, I didn't understand how they worked to be before we did them, but they give you the step-by-step. -step. They, they teach you how to do it. And then all of a sudden I, I look like to my kids that I, I know what I'm talking about. Like I need that ego boost, but it's uh, th there's a lot of, like Liam said, there's a lot of resources out there. I think we as parents just need to be open and uh, paying attention to what interests our kids. I think it's going back to the um, uh, the point that we started with is the intrinsic motivator. It, yes, the kids need to be motivated to learn about it. But as parents, we do as well. Um, it's unfair for us to add a job to our list because we're parents. We're exhausted. We have tons of jobs. We work to pay the bills and we work to make sure our kids are healthy and happy. We also need to be happy and enjoy it. So if it's a topic that you absolutely despise, there is nothing wrong and there's no reason to feel guilty to hand that off to somebody else that might be more excited. So Auntie Zoe or Auntie Tim or Auntie Tim. <laughs> I've been called worse. It's fine. <laughs> but but it's okay to do that as well. Um, I think we, we, we need to make sure that we don't overwhelm ourselves with work even more work um if it's a topic that you really want to learn about it's great to learn with your kids i think that's absolutely brilliant because i know my daughter and i when we read books together she just loves the books she might even not care what ends the books but she's excited because we're spending that time um but if it's something that she's excited and i don't want to learn about potentially i'm sure that will happen um it, there's no problem with actually sharing that with a community. Um, part of the reason I'm successful in my career is because of the community behind me. Um, a big part because <laughs> I get a lot of help. Um, but uh, but um, yeah, like the hacker community when where I grew up, there was a there was a hacker space, and I joined it when I was in uh, college. And yeah, they, they helped me a lot as well. And I learned from other people that were industry experts. There's no problem with kids joining those communities as long as they're obviously appropriate. Um, and, um, and learning from other people, um, especially if it's something that interests them. Like, uh, for example, um, 3D printing is really, really popular for younger people. Um, it's a great way to learn about technology and understand. And also, you know, um, 3D modeling and that, that's that's a career. If it's something somebody really likes, not only do they get to learn about it and enjoy it, they potentially could create a career out of it. So, you know, I think it's it's balancing the what you want to learn, what you want to enjoy with your kids, and what you can also get other resources for. Yeah, I was just going to say, so I live in Malpitas, which is a very small town, and we have a community center. And I think every summer they offer different classes. And I, going through that, I noticed that they have like 
a robot camp, they have a coding camp. So there's definitely a lot of resources for those parents who aren't technical, um, but see that that natural curiosity in their children. Like my eight-year-old, she loves building Legos. Like it's, and it's an expensive habit. And she, this kid does not have a job. So I'm like, I'm having to fund it. Well, that's the you first know? problem. Yeah. <laughs> So, but anyway, yeah, I just wanted to call that out. Like if, if you live in a, in a community that has a community center, um, and they offer classes, there's definitely something for your kid. But, but also, I mean, you know, I think we're, we, we all sort of work in a generally, you know, pretty, pretty highly paid, uh, you know, industry, right. Where, where, you know, there are, there are a lot of people that, that don't, and if they're looking to do that for their kids. There are a lot of scholarships. There are a lot of just funds that are available to subsidize that. And just because, you know, if it, if it says, hey, it's a, it's a week-long class and it's $600, call, find out, hey, what is available? What scholarships are out there? There are those buckets of money that can help subsidize that to make this more, you know, more accessible for sort of all ranges of, uh, of incomes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 it's, it's out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and also, I mean, I I haven't seen it locally for me, but I have heard of other um, areas, um, specifically with friends that are in America um, or uh, the US. Um, libraries also offering different types of um, resources, so worth looking into if your local library offers any of that. Uh, I don't believe mine does, but um, potentially others, uh, or or for somebody that is technical and maybe they don't even have children um but they want to teach you could also look into is there opportunities for me to start a club um at a library or a community center you can also do that that, um, that, that is such a good point like the libraries like we grew up with it was like you would just go in and get shushed right and now it's like this like vibrant community where there's all these things going on Oh, that is a, I think that is a fantastic, there's, fantastic there's a lot of 3D yeah. printers at, at libraries, like maker spaces, um, not just libraries, by the way, uh, also universities are often very, very willing to just let members of the public come in and um, either for a, for a small fee or sometimes for free, depending, um, access some of their resources. So yeah. it doesn't hurt to, to send an email and ask. <laughs> right. Can I, I want to bring up two, two, two ideas for I, this kind of topic originated more as a intro to networking type thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I had two ideas. So depending on the age of your kid, right? Um, uh, if they've got, you know, I don't know, a fort or somewhere, <laughs> right? And they've got an iPad and they want to hang out in their fort, right? But they don't have wireless, right? See if you can get wireless out there, right? Like if you, you, if you're a network engineer and you know how to, uh, you know, crimp a cable right see if you can run a cable out there and put a put an ap out in there like they're and and get them involved in that like teach them how to crimp a cable teach them what an access point is put it out there like you know that seems like a really great idea to get them kind of like, like hey you get to go have your own private time out in uh you know your your fort and you know play with your ipad or whatever um and then the other thing was you know if they've got a party or they want to throw a party Land parties never stopped being cool. Um, there might be some people that disagree with that. What kind of party? They're, they're wrong. They're, they're wrong. wrong. <laughs> but um, land party. Sorry. Land, land party, like where people get get together, bring their PCs and game. Oh boy, I, I never got invited to one of those, oh, but I well, wasn't a cool kid, so 
Sorry, Emily. Um, let's be clear. <laughs> I was not a cool kid. That's why I was at the <laughs> No, but um, I, w- I want to point out that like Quake 3 and, and Unreal Tournament are still really fun games with uh, the worst graphics imaginable, right? They will run on a toaster at least. <laughs> um, and you, I mean, go on, go on Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, wherever, and go pick up somebody's old, you know, Pentium 3, whatever, for that's, you know, for $5, or maybe they give it away because they're like, I don't want this anymore, right? Those types of machines will run these old games. You might take some convincing on your, you know, for your kid, but, you know, you probably have a Switch or you can, you know, you can do something. Throw a LAN party for your kid. Teach them how to set it up, how to how to apply an IP address, right? Um, or set up DHCP or do something in your home and, or have, you know, if, if you don't want to go buy machines and I, I totally get that, um, you know, if their kids have laptop, if their friends have laptops, I should say, or I would also say that most, uh, you know, you know, when Bugatti does, uh, the, the surveys of their, their customers and they have 20 cars before they buy a Bugatti, right? That's. I feel like networking, the people that listen to this podcast probably have an average of five PCs rotting in their basement or closet or something like that. So, you know, pull those out and put some use to it, right? And you could probably also get away with some Raspberry Pis as well. Excuse to buy more Raspberry Pis. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for it. I want a chocolate pie. <laughs> <laughs> Amy Lee, you look confused on what I, when I said Raspberry Pi. No, I actually do know what that is. Okay, so, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I've been working at Cisco long enough to have come across this. All right, those, all right. But, yeah. You had, you had a weird face there for a second. Imagining the way, Ryan. <laughs> all right. I think, uh, I, think, um, I think we covered a lot of really good topics, and I, I would be really interested in uh, people listening to this, giving their feedback as well for experiences that they've seen succeed or even not succeed, um, as well as, you know, any questions they have, because I think this is a topic that's ever-evolving. There's more and more resources out there, but they're not going to be effective if we don't know they exist, right? So I think uh, just people just giving feedback and responding would be really interesting to me. Um, but uh, I think my last point I wanted to make was uh, going back to the original question that uh, Emily asked me as to why why do I want to why did I want this topic? It was regardless of where my children end up in the future, I want to constantly inspire and grow their curiosity and make them feel safe to ask questions always. And regardless of what career they go in, problem solving skills are excellent and beneficial for any career. So I think, you know, encouraging STEM early on is addressing those problem solving skills and building those skills. So I think, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to live vicariously through them. Um, I'm trying to support them and wherever they do end up, but my focus is on, you know, building the skills that they're going to need whatever career they end up in. Well said. Yes, great closing comment. (laughs) All right, Uh, to our listeners, uh, we've compiled the list of links to some of those games, toys, and learning materials. If you'd like to check them out, check out the show notes below. And of course, one last reminder, don't forget to subscribe or follow Cisco Champion Radio so you receive alerts when we release an episode. I hope you all enjoyed today's conversation. We'll see you next time.